Hi there, welcome to Shiloh Tabernacle London. We're located in South East London in Woolwich Dockyard, Block 1, Unit 9, Dockyard Industrial Estate, Woolwich Church Street, SC18 5PQ. Join us for our Bible study every Friday from 7.30 to 9pm and you can't miss our Sunday services packed with prayer, vibrant worship and a powerful word. First service is 9am to 10.30 followed by our family service from 10.30 to 12.30. And now for the best part, let's get into the word. Amen. Uh, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to minister before your saints and before you Yahweh the great I am Elohim Adonai we worship you you are our Lord you are our Savior you are strength and we thank you for this this moment in the spirit which you predestined prepared before the foundation of the of the earth before our existence and our walk on this earth this day was set for your glory and praise. And we yield to the Holy Spirit for the ushering us into the depth of your heart, into the depth of the realm of the Spirit. May the doors of utterance be opened unto me this afternoon, that as I speak the full and whole oracle of God, which is the word of God, undiluted in the mighty name of Jesus, full of power and of grace, that it may heal, it may deliver, it may set free. Above all, that it may bring us to the full knowledge and understanding of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray, Holy Spirit, take over. As always, we yield to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Saints of God, I greet you all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is an absolute joy to be before you, not for the ministration, but to be given the privilege and the honor to speak before the saints of God, knowing how much God values you it is an honor for me to be given this opportunity to stand before you or sit or wherever you are but it is just an honor to to be entrusted to bring the word of god and to fellowship with you wherever you are and um so basically today i just want to share a word it's it's not a long word that i'm going to share but it's just um it's just a snippet of the wondrous mystery of god and if i sum it up in the title uh, I'm going to call the title, In Whom? Hallelujah. And I know we've read those scriptures where it says, um, in Christ, Christ in whom we are this, in whom. So when I speak of the word in whom, I'm talking about who we are in Christ. And what does that mean to our everyday life? What does that mean to, to your daily, everyday living? To be in Christ, to be in him what does it mean to us hallelujah that is the word i wanted to share and i wanted us to start in first colossians um chapter 1 and verse 13 i'm going to read verse 13 and verse 14 for you today hallelujah and i'm bringing this word to you to encourage i'm bringing this word to you to make correction i'm bringing this word to you to rebuke not you but me because i believe that the word of god He says, I set my word, I set forth my word that I may heal the land, 
Now, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what situation in life you're at. I don't know what stage of life you're in. I don't know what relationship. I don't know what understanding of God do you have. But today I bring this word and I believe that whatever the Lord has sent it, it will accomplish it in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. And I'm reading from verse 13 and that is Colossians 1. And I'm starting to read from verse 13 and 14. And it says, for he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption. My Bible is amplified. It says redemption and it says because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of our sins and the cancellation of sin's penalty. Hallelujah. In whom? This scripture opens up by saying that God, the creator of heaven and earth, has rescued us, has redeemed us, has taken us, not just redeemed us and thrown us somewhere else, but no, but he has redeemed us and drawn us to himself. Hallelujah. What a love that God has for us. That through his redemption is for no other reason but to draw us back to himself. In whom? Because the reason why God in the redemption of man, he draws man back to himself. Because he knows that in him, in Christ, is the redemption. And for us, when it comes to the scripture, then verse 14 says, in whom? So he redeems us to himself. And while we're in him, then the scripture comes to pass. Now, now us who are in whom we're in, we have redemption. Child of God, you have redemption. What is redemption? Redemption is not when you pay for your penalties and you're set free. No. A prisoner that has served their sentence is not called redeemed. One who's redeemed is a man, for example, by the law, has been set on death row. And then whether the president decides to redeem them and take them off the death row. Hallelujah. So in whom this is the salvation we have received that God has given us. He has given us child of God. He has given us redemption. He has transferred us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. Now you may ask me, okay, I've known that. I've had that. What does that mean? Hallelujah. I've known that. What does that mean? What does that mean for my everyday life? How come I'm still going through the struggles I'm going through? How come sometimes I don't even have enough to pay the rent? What does it mean to be redeemed? Hallelujah. And the reason I'm trying to bring this is for us to come to the full understanding of what he means. The most things we must pick up from the scripture is he's drawn us not to leave us hanging, but he has drawn us to himself. And then he has redeemed us from the dominion of darkness. He has redeemed us from the rulership of the evil one. 
There's a scripture in the Bible that says that there are those whom the devil takes at his will. Meaning, there are those who are still under his dominion because they have not been redeemed and transferred into the kingdom of the Son of God that at the whim of the devil, he can decide whether they die today or get destroyed or something happens in their life. But that's not so for you, child of God. Because the reason we have been redeemed is to be taken from the dominion of darkness. He no longer has dominion over you. You have been transferred. You have been moved across. You're no longer abiding under the power and the authority of darkness, but you have been brought into the kingdom of his beloved son, Jesus Christ. And this can only happen by the sacrifice. He laid his life down for you and me that we may have this life in whom we can have the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. And um, so what I'm coming back to this, what does it mean? The kingdom. What does the kingdom mean? Because we have found that in, in whom we have found all of this beautiful things in there but then he made sure that he's taken us out of one kingdom into another kingdom now for us to get the full benefits of the kingdom that we've entered we must first know what is that kingdom scripturally wise what is the kingdom of god hallelujah what is the kingdom of god and in romans 14 and verse 17, my Bible tells me that the kingdom of God, it describes the kingdom of God as righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. So this is what he's transferred you to. He's transferred you into righteousness. The righteousness which says that through his redemption, through his sacrifice, he paid the penalty for your sins. Now you are redeemed. So now you are the righteousness. He's given you his righteousness. The Bible calls us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now these are the benefits of being in the kingdom of God. Then he's given us peace. Hallelujah. And then he's given us joy. And all of these three are in the Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. What a glorious thing to have. What a glorious truth to behold. That is the truth we need to tie around our belts. That is one of the armor of God. The truth of whom, of who we are, whose we are, in whom we are. And child of God, you might say, okay, righteousness, peace, joy. So what does that mean? These are mighty, glorious weapons in salvation if we only understand that these three keys that represent the kingdom of god is what overcomes the kingdom of darkness righteousness the first thing with righteousness is most people think that they have to how do you say have to go to god in their own righteousness the Bible says that your righteousness, the ones you have worked for as a human being, is but filthy rags. But God in his sovereignty, 
He has made you righteous through Christ Jesus. In his sovereignty and his mercy and grace, he has extended his garment. And his garment is light. His garment is righteousness. So when we read, when we understand that, I can relate to, um, if you can turn your Bibles to me, with me to 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. Hallelujah. I'm going to read 1 Peter 2 and verse 9. I want to talk a little bit about righteousness. To understand that the fruits of righteousness is not the definition of righteousness. Let me explain that again. Righteousness has fruits. These are the acts that we do because of the righteousness we received. But many people try to do the acts of righteousness in order to receive righteousness. And that is a lie from the pit of hell. Righteousness is granted, is given unto us. We do not work for it. It's given unto us. And when we understand the value of what has been given unto us, then we can bear the fruit thereof of righteousness. So what we do as Christians is to bear the fruit of that which was freely given to us. How do we receive righteousness? I'll start off with our father of faith, Abraham. He says, and Abraham believed and it was counted unto him as righteousness. He believed who? Abraham believed God and that was counted unto him. It was accredited unto him as righteousness. The Bible says that what? with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we begin with the righteousness from believing God. And then because we have believed God, we receive the ability to show forth the fruit of righteousness. Salvation is one of the fruit of righteousness. Why? Because it must begin with us believing in our hearts. And when we believe God, that is when we receive the seed and the strength of faith to then confess unto salvation. So confession is an action. And it is a fruit of righteousness that we have believed, that we have received because we have believed God. And Abraham as well was accredited to that. Righteousness is when God extends his very own garment and covers you. There is a story in Ezekiel and it talks about a child that is left by the mountainside. It says they're left in their blood. No eye pitied, no eye dared to look. But then he said, when the Lord passed, he saw it. He saw that child. He saw you and me wallowing in blood, death surrounding us. And he says, leave. And the Bible says that he took his very garment and swaddled the baby. That is righteousness. You have not worked for it. So don't try and work for what has been freely given to you. But what you must know is understand what has been given to you that you may bear the fruit of it, that you may live a life of salvation. 
that the fruit of righteousness, the, the, the things that we do for the Lord are not based on us getting the merit of righteousness, but is from the understanding of the righteousness he has given us. Then we bear that fruit. First uh, Peter 2 um, verse, um, verse 9, it says, I'm trying to show you the extent of righteousness. Hallelujah. It says, and I'm going to show you another fruit of righteousness. So we have said salvation is a fruit of righteousness. We believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And from that believing, righteousness accredited to us. And because righteousness has been accredited to us, meaning now we are in the right standing with God, now we can come to the ability of confessing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior that we may receive the gift of salvation. 1 Peter 2, 9, it says, Hallelujah. <clears throat> this is what the Lord speaks of us. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a consecrated nation, a special people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellence the wonderful deeds and virtues and perfection of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. He says these things. He calls you a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, a holy people for his own possession. So he says all of these things to you. This is, he's accrediting you all of these things before you walk into them. So the fruit of righteousness is to walk into the very things God has called you to do. The very thing God has called you, a holy nation. You don't live a holy life to be in right standing with God. No, you live holy because he is holy, because he has given you the grace and the ability to be holy, because you've understood the sacrifice. This is a result of the holiness of God that is imputed unto you. God told Abraham, be holy for I am holy. Be ye holy for I am holy. Now, sometimes we get that scripture wrong. We think God is saying to Abraham, be holy, like go forth and do other works of holiness. No, God is saying that you're gonna go forth and you're gonna be holy because I who has called you, I am holy because I have taken you as my own possession. You are part of me. You are part of me. Because I am holy, you cannot but be holy. And until we understand that, many things we struggle with in our daily lives, because we haven't understood, we think that we can stop it and then we can qualify for holiness. But if we understand from in whom, this is why I wanted to start with in whom. If we know from the from what rock have we been hewn from? From what rock have we been broken from? If you get a rock and chip away a small chip of rock, every single element that is in the big rock is in the small rock. In whom? So you live a holy life because from the one you came from is holy you live an incorruptible life because you've not been born 
of the incorruptible of the corruptible seed no he's taken you out of the life of the corruptible and he has brought you into the incorruptible seed which is the word of god so now he thinks you are incorruptible because you are originating from something that is incorruptible hallelujah so god is saying all of these things and he says because one of the other things of um one of the other fruits of righteousness is praising god because the bible says that you may proclaim the praises and the excellence of he who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light hallelujah what a glorious god we have light is a garment light is a garment the Bible says he clothed himself in light. Who clothes himself in light? God. So light is a garment. So when God says to proclaim, so he he's translated you out of darkness into his marvelous light, meaning he has taken his garment of light, the one he clothed himself with, and he has covered you. That is righteousness. And the result of you knowing that now you're covered in that light is to proclaim the praises, the virtue, the excellence of him who has clothed you with light. And you're beginning to understand the kingdom of God. Now you're beginning to understand what we said in Colossians 1, verse 13 and 14, when it says he rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. This is why I'm coming back to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the kingdom of his beloved son. And the Bible has told us in Romans 14, 17, that what is the kingdom of God? It is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. So we're beginning to understand with righteousness, this is the extension of the light that he's given you. And when the fruit of righteousness starts spilling out of you, which is salvation, praise, as you're beginning to praise, as you're beginning to praise, joy overflows. And now you're entering into, now you're beginning to be established in the kingdom of God, joy joy is a powerful thing sometimes we, we we confuse happiness for joy happiness changes with situations but the joy of the lord hallelujah the joy of the lord is a big weapon child of god this is why it's in the kingdom of god think about it why would he use just these three to describe the entire kingdom of God? Think of all the things, think of all the things that we think we know that qualifies us to be Christians. And yet when God comes to describe the kingdom of God, he says righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Spirit. He sums it up in those three joy the joy of the lord the joy of the lord the bible says the joy of the lord is your strength so if righteousness is a garment 
it is a shield, then the joy of the Lord is a weapon because it is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You cannot separate the two. It is that strength that wells up in your spirit when everything else around you seems to be falling apart. It is that strength that carries you in the midst of the night when even the closest person next to you cannot fully understand what you're going through. It is that strength that comes and guards your heart. It is that strength that gives you the courage to stand up and do it again. It is a weapon. Let me show you how powerful the weapon of joy is. Because remember we said that righteousness has come. And then he says, righteousness, one of the fruit of righteousness is to proclaim praises. Now praise, true praise does not depend on how you feel. True praise is proclaiming what the Lord has done. And in proclaiming so, you receive the strength. It was praise through the weapon of joy that took down the walls of Jericho. They did not draw a sword. There was no physical sword that they drew out. But when they marched around, and on the seventh time, they released a praise. That praise is a strength that even the walls, the fortified city of Jericho could not remain fortified when joy is let loose because joy is a strength. It is a power. It is a force that breaks through every barriers, that breaks through every fortress around you. It is that which comes and all the different things, the hindrances, the, the things in your mind, when the joy of the Lord start rising up in your spirit, you sing where you will be crying because you would know and understand the strength of God. Because you would understand, not for the situation around you, but you would have come to understand the God who is able to bring you out of any situation. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. It becomes a weapon. Hallelujah. And then it comes to the third one. It says the peace in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. The peace. The Bible says, be anxious in Philippians. It says, be anxious for nothing. But through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And it says, and the peace, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will come and guard your heart and mine in Christ Jesus. I'm coming, I'm still talking about in whom. The Bible tells us one of the things it asks us to do, our responsibility, it says, guard your heart 
with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. Meaning out of your heart flows the words because the Bible also declares that in the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth only speaks the abundance of your heart. Follow me here. The Bible tells us, we're going to go through these three. I want us to understand peace. One, the Bible has told us that peace, he says, be anxious for nothing. Do not be anxious, but through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request be known to God. And the, and the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard, mark these words, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And then the same Holy Scriptures turn around and tell us that this is your duty. Guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the issues of life. So God is saying, that your life, your very life, can be affected by your heart. So he says, guard it. Because out of it flows. So while it flows, then this other scripture comes to light. The scripture that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And let's understand also the scripture. Now we're going back. It tells us, I know you're all Bible scholars. It says, the power of life and death is in your tongues. So when you see all of these three, why is it that God is so very focused when it comes to the kingdom of God? And he mentions, and peace. What does he mean by that? Because he knows that your very surroundings are going to be affected if you haven't understood peace. Because what? Peace is what guards your heart. Because it says, and the peace of the Lord, which will surpass all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So how do we guard our hearts? We guard our hearts by understanding, embracing, cleaving, pursuing, holding on to tight to peace. When there is peace in your heart, when peace is what is full in your heart, it is guarding your heart and it's full of it. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And when you speak, the source is peace. Every surrounding thing around you must obey the peace that you have spoken. It must obey that peace. Let me bring you um, into recollection of one of the, of the stories in the Bible. We know that Jesus was in the boat with his disciples and they had gone from one path. They were crossing the path in the river. They were crossing. 
and a storm came. And all the disciples in that boat were coming and they were looking for Jesus. And Jesus was at the bottom of the boat sleeping. And they came to him and they said to him, Lord, Lord, you do not care that we're going to perish. <laughs> because Christ was peace. He's peace himself. He's full of peace. He says, all ye of little faith. He walks up. He rebukes the wind. He rebukes the Satan. And he speaks to the situation. And he says to the seas, peace, be still. And immediately the storm ceased. Now I want you to understand, immediately the storm ceased. So let me ask you, could he just say, be still to the waters? It is not a coincidence, neither is it a mistake that he says, peace, be still. He sends forth the very peace out of the abundance of his, of his heart. He speaks forth life and he speaks forth peace. And the billowing winds must obey peace. He says, peace, be still. Peace is a weapon. It silences the situations around you. Many a times we panic and start running around and become anxious. And that is the first part the devil wants us to draw us back. to draw us back, to move with the principles as one who's not called out of darkness yet. I had a child of God I was discussing with and they called me and they said they had a dream and it was, it was something horrible and I don't know if it was something someone sending, chasing them or something like that. And they were calling them like, we must pray. I had to wake up and I have to pray. I had to pray for my children, I had to pray. It was a whole panic. So they prayed in that moment, because you are being anxious, you pray for the cat, the dog, the TV, the chair, the cow, everything. And you'll be like, you're rumbling. Because when it comes to prayer, God first says, sends out a statement and says, be not anxious. One of the, the craziest ways um, and <laughs> the funny ways, um, the Holy Spirit taught me this was when my youngest son comes to me and he's trying to report something and he comes, he's crying and he, and screaming and, and I can't make out a word he is saying. As much as he's trying to explain, it's all sounding gibberish because I cannot make a word that he's saying. And I have to tell him, keep quiet, calm down, stop crying then come to me and you can tell me. Now, if I, who is human, can tell my child, calm down, because at this point in time, I can't hear anything you're saying. Do you think it is any different when you go to God in prayer in panic? 
because you've had a bad dream you're waking up you you're you're binding you're loosening your what you're binding is what you're loosening what you're loosening is what you're binding what's up and down and it's like you haven't even recollected yourself so this is what i'm trying to say the bible says be not anxious i told this brethren because they had dreamt something and they were trying to say i have to pray and i have to pray for my children i did it and 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 they were panicking and i had to say to to the child of God, and I first say to them, did you dedicate your children to God? And this child of God said, yes. And I said, what does the Bible say? Those things that are dedicated to God. It says they are holy. And then I asked as well, do you teach the children the word of God? Yes. Have they confessed? Do they believe in Christ Jesus? Yes. Then I asked that minister of God and I asked them, do you believe the devil can take something out of God's hands? And the minister said, no. And then I had to ask them, so why are you panicking as though the devil showing you something makes you so alert that you forget the power of God and you attribute more power to the enemy. The peace. Because what the enemy is trying to to do to you is this. He wants to get you in a state of anxiety, so much so that that peace which guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, keeping you centered on Christ, on the word, what he says, he gets you so confused that you're going to move away from that. And because now anxiety is filling up your heart, you're going to start confessing death where you'll be confessing life. You're going to start speaking because child of God, remember as um, because of time, I'm going to, I'm going to sum it, I'm going to close it off. Remember one thing that when it came to job he says the thing i feared most has befallen me and when you read that scripture carefully and you read the whole of job he says i could not keep quiet meaning the more he feared the more he spoke and he gave life to what he spoke and the very thing he feared the very thing he says my heart could not stop talking so if your heart is full of something you're going to speak it forth people always wonder why when somebody says how are you my children know this even in the morning when i ask them i am blessed i am highly favored i am deeply loved i do not say it merely because i know i am blessed because the kingdom that I've been translated in, it says in the Bible that I bless you with every blessing in the heavenly place. I know I am highly favored of the Lord because when he beholds me, he beholds his son in whom he is well pleased. I am deeply loved because the love of Christ rescued me, ransomed me. There is nothing that can separate me from the love of God. So I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am deeply loved because this is what is full in my heart. This is what I speak forth.
that the peace of the Lord is guarding my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And I pray that it can guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Not in whom? In whom are you? Where are you? In whom? Are you in something or someone that can easily be tossed to and fro? Is that the God that you serve? If that's not so, then understand in whom you're in. Understand that you are now taken from the kingdom of darkness and understand, study, show yourself approved, search the scriptures that I am a child of God. I am in the kingdom of God. What does that mean? How does that relate to my everyday life? What do I speak? Because if I am full of peace, it doesn't matter how much the situation is around me from that very peace that is within me. I'm going to speak to that situation and I'm going to say, peace be still. Because with peace, always walks hand in hand with faith. Peace walks hand in hand with faith. And faith is another fruit of righteousness. Why? In right standing with God, because it says anything that is not done in faith is sin. So I beseech you, brethren, by the masses of God, know in whom you're in. Before you rush off, before you rush off to find anything else, first understand this kingdom that you've been brought into. How does it function? What does he call it? Understand what he has called you to eternal life. What is eternal life? What does the scripture say eternal life is? Is saying that knowing the one true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent, that is eternal life. So by understanding the kingdom of God, you are aligning yourself to eternal life because you cannot understand the kingdom unless you know him, the one true God, and Jesus Christ whom he sent because now you're in him. So do you understand that when we walk step by step, starting aligning these things one after the other, understanding that what I speak, I'm not going to try and speak positive because then you'll forget and another time you'll speak negative. No, but if you know that the moment I keep my heart guarded with peace, whatever comes out of it will be peace, will be life, will be brought forth in faith. Hallelujah. Then it will be aligned to the glory of God. Hallelujah. I pray that you have been um, blessed with this word of God. Um, if you just permit me this one second, I would love to just seal it in the word of prayer with thanksgiving to God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for thy precious word that you've given us today because it is life. It is the bread of life that we are feasted on today, King of glory. Understanding in whom we're in, understanding that you've taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and we're in the kingdom of light, that in that light is your righteousness that you've extended as a garment. It is that shadow, O King of glory, that you mentioned in Psalms 91. Father, we thank you that because of the righteousness that you've clothed us in, King of glory, 
glory that now you call us the righteousness of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus father we thank you that now we bear the fruit of righteousness we walk in holiness because you are holy from the one we have come from is holy so we bear holiness king of glory thank you that holiness is our nature thank you that righteousness is our nature thank you that faith is within our nature because we have understood whom we're in Jehovah God and we are bearing the very fruits of righteousness Jehovah God we thank you that joy king of glory comes forth as a fruit as a weapon Jehovah God in this walk of salvation because we know that salvation is also fruit of righteousness father I thank you I bless you and I honor you for this king of glory for this revelation for this understanding king of glory because in this king of kings we are able Jehovah God to remain firm to stand steadfast king of glory and know who we are and whose we are and in whom we are Jehovah God that we cannot be shaken that we are not as those who are told to and fro with every wind of doctrine because king of glory when it comes it will find us guarded with righteousness it will find us guarded with truth it will find us guarded with peace that even when the enemy tries to penetrate oh king of glory bringing fear and anxiety we will not fear we will not stand in anxiety because faith will well up in our spirit because peace has guarded our hearts. We thank you, Lord, that the very things we speak to our children, the very things that we speak in our marriages, the very thing we speak to our husbands, the very things we speak concerning us, Jehovah God, are from a place of peace, Jehovah God, and they follow the pattern of peace, King of glory, because you are shalom, Jehovah God. You are our peace. So everything that we speak is in alignment and in submission to Christ Jesus. We thank you. We bless you. And I pray, King of glory, for anyone out there who is suffering with anxiety who is suffering from depression who is suffering from anything king of glory that does not allow them to hold unto their peace jehovah god i speak forth and i say peace be still let peace guard your heart let peace guard your mind in the mighty name of jesus let the peace of the lord which surpasses all understanding guard your heart and mind in christ jesus father i thank you king of glory that where the word of the lord is is you said you send your word to heal the land father i send that word into the very hearts of your people because the heart is the land i send forth the seed which is the word let it go forth king of glory let it yield 60 a hundredfold jehovah god 30 fold in that mind in that heart jehovah that we may see the fullness of christ jesus that we may see the fullness king of glory and the expression jehovah god of your mind concerning us in jesus mighty name amen thank you so much for listening to this sermon and i know you've been blessed For more information about Shiloh Tabernacle and other sermons, please visit our website www.shiloh.org.uk and don't forget to follow us on all our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Shiloh LDN. Once again, that's at Shiloh LDN. You've been listening to Shiloh Tabernacle London, changing lives, building dreams. Until next time, God bless.